guys, so today's episode is going to be talking about managing God's gift. Where I am right now, it's raining, and it's pretty much been raining all day. It's supposed to just keep raining, and my friends, they all, like, really hate the rain. Most of them, they just hate the rain, and once they see rain, they are moody, they're, like, depressed, but, like, especially on a Monday, <laughs> raining on Monday is pretty much the worst. And as teens, our attitudes are already pretty, they can pretty much change instantaneously. And when it rains, we just feel more down and more depressed. But a great way to think about this is the rain has God's blessings. The rain helps the flowers grow. It helps we can drink water from the rain. Like we think rain is this depressing thing, but in other countries, rain is so valuable. Um... And I mean, it's important to think about it. I, my mom actually was the one who introduced this idea to me of rain being God's blessings. It's like him talking to us in this way. But this, um, I'm, today I'm going to talk to you guys about managing God's blessings. First, I'm going to go to a popular of a Psalms and a verse one. Psalms 24, verse one. And Psalms 24 pretty much discusses the king of glory and his kingdom. So it's a great way, it's a great Psalms to talk about God's gifts. And it reads. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So, this is saying, telling, saying that this is all God's. This is all God's. This is God's earth. This is God's everything. We, we don't own anything. We can't say that we own this piece of land. We can't say that we own this food. It's all God's. Technically speaking, this is all God's. Everything that we have, everything that we touch, all belongs to him. All the money that we use for our personal our personal wants, these are all God's. And um, Psalms does not, does not only mention God's gifts here. In Psalms 37 verse 25, he says, I have been... David says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Well, what does that mean? It says the righteous are not forsaken. So basically God's saying, David was saying he was young and now he's old. So throughout his entire life, throughout all the time he's been on the earth, if you were righteous, if you believed in God, if you displayed God in your actions, if you were kind and generous, he did not see you forsaken or you weren't treated unjustly. But there's something especially that David doesn't mention in the Psalms, but you may not see in the moment. It may have to be like a long-term thing. Job is a great example. Job was righteous, and in the end, after all that trial and tribulation came, he still, he, everything he had was replenished, replenished. He had the most beautiful daughters. It, he, 
in the long term, the righteous were still never forsaken. And his descendants were not begging for bread. Um, I'm guessing this means that um, as long as you're righteous, you and everyone who will, uh, who's close to you can benefit from your righteousness. And they won't be they won't be forsaken. They won't be lost at the sight of God. They will, they will always be satisfied. That's my understanding of it. Um, that's my understanding of it, at least. But what I do want to go to is Second Corinthians. Actually, not Second. Yeah, Second Corinthians. It has a great passage. The Corinthians, I love the first and second Corinthians. They're amazing. So actually let's go to First Corinthians first. First Corinthians chapter nine. Verses thirteen and fourteen. It reads Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Okay, so this is talking about the gift of, say, speaking. As um, I um, like to preach, I've preached like four times in my church. Um, and the reason I made this podcast is so that I could kind of do that more, but on a smaller scale. And it's saying that what what you you practice, what you preach. That's basically where that whole idea coming from. Practicing what you preach comes from. If you or if you have the gift of singing and you're always singing about God's grace and God's mercy, you should live as if you understand God has so much grace and he's shown you so much mercy because we are humans we sin all the time we don't know we know right from wrong and still we do wrong and we are deserving of death there is no way around it not not one of us not one human who has ever walked this earth other than Jesus Christ deserves to live eternally but he died for us so essentially part of managing God's gift is practicing what you preach practicing what you are using God's gift to say you have to practice that message you have to live by that message that God is using the talents he gave you to tell others continuing on with this idea of managing God's gifts. 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 and 7 also talk about managing his gifts. Chapter 9 in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity for god loves a cheerful giver in church i always hear um cheerful giver this passage or passages similar to this of cheerful giver and your tithes and your offering especially when it comes time for tithes and offering you know when you put the money in the plate and 
God loves those who are happy to give. I'm going to read from another excerpt, from an excerpt here. The Apostle Paul in his ministry among the churches was untiring in its efforts to inspire the hearts of the new con- converts to a desire to do large things for the cause of God. Sometimes we're not willing to do these great things um, for God's glory. It's like it's too much. That's a lot. Because um, sometimes it seems like a lot of our part. But what this text is saying is that the more you do for God, the more he's going to do back for you. It's it's like a, it's a partnership. He's not, he's not just going to tell you, okay, you do this for me, this simple thing for me, and I'll give you everything. No, you have to put in the sacrifice um, for God, for your love of God. Don't even do it for the, the reward that you might get, because if, if, because God can see your heart. If you're doing it only for the words, rewards, you're not gonna get the best that you can. You have to do it out of the will of your heart and out of your love for God. And actually, I think I'm gonna go all the way to Numbers. Numbers 18, verse 21. written to honor the God of the Hebrews. Though we read of Israel's constant complaining and open rebellion in the stories recorded here, we also see God's love and compassion as he sustained them in their wilderness wanderings. Moses is the fearless hero of Numbers. And in this, in Numbers, we find, you know, the stories of the rebellion in the Israelite camp, the dedication of the wilderness sanctuary, the sanctuary that they had in the wilderness, of Aaron's button rod, Moses striking the wrath, even the death of Aaron, the fiery serpents, and when the twelve spies went to see, um, when the twelve spies went to check out the land that God promised them. So in here, in Numbers 18, verses 21 to 24, um, it's basically describing the tithes of support for the Levites. I'm just going to read verse 21. Numbers 18, verse 21. Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. So basically, we it's it's important to know where our tithes go because some I used to think when I was little um, when my mom explained that the tithes are going to God, she said the tithes are going to God's church. But at the time, I only heard the tithes are going to God, so I thought like they were actually going to like bring all the money and it was going to go up to God, like you know how the Israelites did. But actually, what it means is that it's going to God's church. This is God. We 
are not, we are the church, but this is God's church. Like the first verse that I read, this is all God's. This is God's church. So by giving it to the pastor, like our tithes, they that's the source of income for the pastor. So he's saying the like the Levites were basically like the priests and stuff. By giving it all to the pastor, our tithes go to like their that's the pastor's income, right? So by giving it to him or her, because they have female pastors too, we're essentially giving it to God because we're giving it to God's work. As it says here, it says that um, it's in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle meeting. So every weekend when you go to church, for the, in exchange for, the, for that work that they did for God, they're getting the tithes that we give. So it's important that we do that. But let's go to Leviticus. Because there's a verse in Leviticus that really stuck out to me. Actually, there are two verses. Um, it's three verses, actually, sorry. Um, Leviticus 27, verses 30 to 32. And it reads, And all of the tithe in the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants to want at all to redeem any of his tithes, then he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock, of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So, um, I'm not sure if any of you guys know this, but I learned this when I was half at when I was getting baptized. I got all, like a lot of these workbooks that I did, so that I made sure that I, I could understand, um, you know what I was saying, like the baptismal vows. And the key point um, for the tithes and offering lesson in one of those books, because I did a, I did some of them myself, some of them with the children's ministry director, some of them with my pastor and whatever. The point of the tithes and offering lesson was that one of the key points was that you have to give uh, one-tenth of your income. Being faithful with that, and it, it's one way to... So God gave you that gift of, like, the money that you have to sustain yourself. And what happens is that sometimes people get reached at hard point in their lives. They reach out hard point in their lives and they're confused as to if they should actually give their tithe or if they should be worried about surviving on their own. And that reminds me of the story... Um, of the woman, old woman, who gave the two coins, not like the big, flashy, large amounts of coins that, that the others gave to impress Jesus, but those two small coins and how important they were. And when hearing about tithes and offerings, and right now in COVID-19, when a lot of people are juggling to find money, um, one great thing is that God said that if we're faithful to our tithes and offerings, He He will like He will help us. Remember in Psalms in the passage of Psalms 37 and 24, He says that the righteous 
they will never be forsaken. So I think of that as the righteous and the faithful and all those people who who love God. If you're faithful with your tithes and with your offering, he's not going to forsake you. You may not see it in that moment. Like, you may have that time where you're, like, doubting it. And you may have that time where you're thinking, I have to figure this out. I have to, um do this on my own i i can't be bothered with ties right now it's pretty much just like this big test that he's giving you to see how you're going to react and to help you and i mentioned this verse in leviticus because something that's important is that the Levit- the book of Leviticus means the law of the priest or the law of sacrifice. And basically Leviticus is just the whole rule book of how you're supposed to worship God. And I think call it the original church manual. Um something that like every year or every quarter that my church does is that they tell people that we should all have a copy of the church manual, you know, in our homes for us to think about how we're supposed to carry ourselves in church, you know, for the upcoming Sabbath, if you thinking about doing something, um, it's important to have it. But I call the Leviticus the original church manual because it's it was the law of the priest or the law of sacrifice. It in, contained instructions about how to worship God do offerings, religious holidays, animal sacrifices, which is something that they did, but we don't have to do that now because Jesus died for us. And, yeah. But, one thing I love great about the Bible is that there are a lot of different verses that can point to the same message, you know, that help us understand. For example, Deuteronomy 8 verses 11 through 18. Deuteron- Deuteronomy 8 um, is talking about remember the Lord your God in general. And I'll start reading from verse 11 to verse 18. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which and his statutes, which I command you today. Sorry. Last when you have been eaten, when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herd and your flocks multiply, multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which where fiery serpents and the scorpions and the thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the filthy rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he 
establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day that that was a, a loaded message and the ultimate meaning of it is that when God does it's in um, Psalms 37 remember it said he won't forsake you so when he doesn't forsake you and when he does give you all that blessing that you have earned from being faithful to him we can't just stop being faithful and we can't claim it as our own work this is all God's again as the first verse I mentioned this is all God's this is all the Lord's we did not do any of this this is not of our doing when we thrive this is we as humans we tend to say that when we thrive it's our this is the work of our hand but then when we are in between a rock and a hard place suddenly god has forsaken us god has dealt harshly um god is not being merciful upon our souls no this is all god's and it's it's important to have self-reflection because when God does give us all those gifts that we get because of his love and his mercy for us, we have to remember that this is still all God. So we can't just stop doing what we're doing because we got what we wanted. That's like, it's something similar. Like, um, when you pray, you're praying when you, uh, sometimes what we do is that we pray when we need stuff instead of praying just to praise him or just to thank him i remember there was one lesson that i heard when i was visiting a church and it was the same lesson that i heard from my church um but i was kind of like not in it that day and it was um i heard the same lesson the next the following week when i went back to my home church and um it really made me like think about it it was saying that there are four parts to prayer and I'll go into those in another video. Um, I'll go into them more deep. But one of them is pray- praising. Um, one of them is asking. Um, so there are two. Those are the two, those are two out of the four. Um, and they're really important for us to understand as human beings that we cannot. When when God does give us those gifts, we cannot like cannot cannot take them for granted and we can't forget that God is the one who gave those to us I think this is a great place to close off managing God's gifts is such an important topic that we need to continue and relate to and I read so many verses that all related to the same topic of managing his gifts and it what it really reminds me is that god gave us so many different verses um of the same topic because not only because it's important but because obviously he's using these different verses so that they could reach out to different people we may not understand say the verse of psalms 37 verse 25 but you might understand Second Corinthians nine verses six and seven, or you might not even understand Second Corinthians, but you might understand First Corinthians better because each of them are constructed in a different way, but they all relate to the same topic. So I want you guys to remember 
that in the time of doubt when you're confused about God's gifts and when you see yourself maybe while you're while you're self-reflecting and you see yourself maybe being a little bit boastful and not thanking God and just thank God and if you need some guidance and learning how to manage his gifts in a better way that you're not cocky but that you're also doing the best you can with the gifts God gave you um listen to these verses read these verses that I discussed in this podcast and there are even more of these verses it's not where it ends if you if you have studied this topic before you probably know that verses like Acts 17 verse 25 and 1st Chronicles 29 verse 12 are excellent <clears throat> verses that discuss managing God's gifts some of some of these verses like Malachi 3 verse 8 verses 8 to 10 Matthew 6 verse 33 and Matthew 23 verse 23 they discuss some very important aspects of the general topic of managing God's gift which is something that is critical especially in today's day and age so I hope you guys like this podcast and remember it's time to hear me out